Episode of the NRL Supercoach All Stars podcast. This is Barnsey, and this week we've got Billy back in the chair with me. How's Supercoach been treating you the last couple of weeks, Billy? I think life's a bit better, mate. Nah, that's right, mate. I think I'm about top fifty percent or something. Doing great guns. <laughs> are you uh, well prepared for round seventeen to make a bit of a comeback, or are you a bit shot this week? Oh, mate, I'm absolutely shot, mate. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do there. I spent weeks sort of planning for it, and then all of a sudden, just seems like every single person I uh, I bought for the occasion went down. I bought Harris this week and Oates this week, and decided to sacrifice a number and go a point in AJ. So, um, yeah, between that and all the other injuries, mate, I think I'd be lucky to field ten now. So it's a bit of a bit of a disgrace, but do what we can, I think. Yeah, I think um, 10 probably won't be too bad. Not as bad as what you would have thought it would have been a month ago, because it's been a week of carnage. A lot of players gone down. I actually traded in Tohu Harris and Corey Oates myself as well. Um, so that's two guys that I now don't have for this week as well. So I'm probably going to have 12 to 13. And I think a lot of guys were probably having those, um, one of, at least one of those guys. Um, so, you know, the reality is I think a lot of guys that were expecting, you know, 14 to 15 are now more like, you know, 12 to 13 or even, even 11. And those are the guys that have been planning. So... You might not go too bad with your team, yeah. yeah, there's that quality factor too. That makes it a bit hard. But um, um, I'm sure the people that have 14 or 15 have uh, mostly gone for quality anyway with just a couple of things like that, the couple of cheap wingers. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens this round, mate. It'll probably, probably come down to the uh, same thing as the first part, you know, who the, who the VCMC ends up being. Yep. Yeah, that would be a real big deal. And especially if you're short, you can definitely catch a guy with two, three, even four more players just by nailing your, your VC or C options. So that can get you a bit of quality in there just from the, the C options. So could be worse, Billy. You could have uh, single digits. So we'll um, get stuck into the podcast, though. Um, so for all the listeners out there as well, just a bit of a public service announcement. Um, we will be offline for about three weeks. So this will be the the only podcast in the next, uh, until the end of July. Um, I'm going to be overseas in the US having a bit of a break and uh, there won't be any any time or any coverage for me to be able to um, do the podcast. So it's an opportune time for it though because now is our first big buy, oh, our second big buy, sorry, and our last one. And this time around um, it's very much planning for the weeks ahead anyway. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the most traded out guys and the most traded in guys on market watch like normal. And then they get, instead of looking at some pods and stuff, we're going to kind of do a bit of a um, market watch for the run at home segment where we're going to have a look at some guys that aside from the most traded in and traded out guys, you might want to consider not just for this week, but also uh, for the balance of the year. Um, like Billy mentioned, he got in Alex Johnson last week, um, even though he's not playing round 17, just for the run home. So, We'll run through those and then go through um, the matches for this week. Apologies for everyone that likes to listen each week, um, but obviously need to take a break sometime. But, uh, Billy, let's start off with our most traded in guys. Um, so, at the moment, we've got Remus Smith, number one, um, from the Bulldogs. So, Remus um, does play around 17, 
rookie price, almost rookie price at 177,000. 14.3% of coaches are trading him in at the moment. Um, he's got two scores all year, hasn't had a price rise. 25 is his lowest and 84 is his highest. I'm not getting in Remus Smith myself, um, but um, I can see why guys are as a downgrade. How do you look at Remus Smith as a trading for this week? Well, I think I'd be all over him. Um, I grabbed him last week purely because it was just a, you know, a, a risk-taking uh, cash-out that played. Um, I, I think uh, there's a fair few people around that's the saying he's got some decent wraps, so even if the dog's back line uh, um, is full strength, I think they're kind of... Um, seems like they're developing for the future, so word around on the on the super coach streets is that you'd probably, you'll probably... Um, keep the job for the foreseeable future. Um, 25 in base stats for the first week isn't that bad. I mean, blokes are winger, so he did have a try and looks like uh, two try assists last week. Oh, oh, sorry, create 24 points and scored 17 points. So, yeah, had some, had some uh, nice flary attacking skill last week, but, uh, but uh, I don't know why you're not getting him, mate. He's a reasonably, reasonably cheap cash out. Is there a reason why you're not jumping on? Yeah, there is, um, and it's probably a good point to touch on when we're talking about someone like Remus Smith. So at this point of the year, I've got um, five trades left, and um, I don't think that getting in um, a downgrade is going to be for everybody, and that's sort of where my team's at. I don't need a downgrade with the guys that I have to trade out and the cash that I have in the bank. Um, I have no need to buy someone that's 177k. I can buy two guys who are you know, five, six, 100K plus, um, and I've only got one other trade to make, which is Gerbo coming in, which is already set. Uh, and then the other two trades I've got left are, are for my saving for the run-home trades. So um, I just don't have the moves for him, and I just don't have the need for him. And even if I get him in and he makes great cash, I can't trade him out again anyway. And if I'm going to have a, a six-centre win, um, I'd probably rather have a more established one like a Nene or Lafayette or something like that. Yeah, that makes sense, mate. And I guess I think, um, you know, I don't disagree with someone like yourself getting in Remus Smith or, or other people getting in Remus Smith either. I think it's going to be very much team dependent from now going forward. So, like, if you've got, you know, 10 trades at the moment coming into this round, Remus Smith could be a really good buy because he's going to make some cash and you'll be able to get him out again and get someone else quality and, and bolster your team. If you've got, you know, four, five, six trades, um, then he's not going to be a good buy for you because you just don't have the trades to be able to sacrifice the trading trade out, um, unless you think that you do you disagree with that sort of looking at it, or you think that you should, you should just be getting him in? No, no, I agree with you 100%, mate. I just thought you might have had a few more trades then, but I forgot that you're a uh, tradeaholic. Yeah, can't help it, mate. Uh, I tell you what, I've been pretty well set, um, but um, probably the last three weeks, or actually, no, since the first big buy, um, everybody's that I've gotten in has just killed me. I've nailed it really well, but I've had guys like Josh Dugan, who I got in for round 13, who didn't play, who I wasted two trades on that didn't actually play for me. Toe, who I got in, who hasn't played for me, I'm probably going to have to trade out. You know, it's just um, just one of those things where you go on those bad runs. But, um, yeah, Remus is a good buy. Um, I'd probably only say, Billy, I, I would be slightly worried if I'm getting him in with not enough trades to get him out, whether I'd want him in there as an AE guy. If you don't care about your AE, then it doesn't really matter. If you are someone who is going to loop or does believe in the AE nightmare, um, then he's probably not a great guy to get in, wouldn't you think? Yeah, agree. You can 
Um, unless you're really worried about numbers, you can probably just stack the forwards down and just take an A of a, a, a second row. You, you can pretty much play with, with three muffs at seven, seven three quarter right now. Yeah, so I mean that would be my only little caveat on guys getting him in unless they've got a, a you know going towards double digit trades and it might be a little bit risky. But the next guy on the list I'm actually really interested in, um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. It's just a, a shade under 500k. 6.3% of coaches have brought him in so far this week. And obviously, Kalen Ponga went down. This is a bit of a controversial one, really, so I'm, I'm very interested in a second opinion from you. I'm someone who has decided to trade out Kalen Ponga to get in uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Um, and my reason being is because looking at the draw, um, the Warriors actually do have a pretty decent run for the balance of the year. Um, whereas the the Knights' decent run uh, is kind of over the next few games and Ponga's going to miss those and then he's going to come back for a lot of harder games. So I tend to throw the, the year out the window so far with the top gun players and just look at how I think they're going to go for the rest of the season. And for me, I think RTS is going to average yeah, the same points as probably what Ponga will, but he's going to give me more points over the next three weeks when Ponga's not playing, including round 17. Um, and then on top of that, I'm going to bank around about $100,000 to use somewhere else this week. So I'm a big fan of the, the Roger trade. Um, where do you sit on RTS and also Ponga going out? I wasn't really interested at all, um, purely because I just don't like a lot of his scores. There's a lot of um, uh, a lot of 30s there. There's four decent scores in there, but after what you just mentioned, I just had a really quick look and... Yeah, he did. He did um, punch a lot of the, or pretty much all those lower scores versus um, top four, top five sort of ranked teams. Um, uh, his scores versus the bottom four ranked teams: Gold Coast, Canberra, Tigers, and North Queensland. He had an average of ninety-five. Um, oh, North Queensland got a punch one of their games in. Oh, sorry, eighty-two. He had a thirty-three. So, um, really, really quick look. Yeah. So, if he's got a decent draw, like you say, the Warriors, then an eighty-two average off. A very very small sample of scores. Um, yeah, probably very very worthwhile pod. Um, only question is, what, what's his what's his next three or four game run like? How, how bad is the opposition? So this week in particular, I'm really happy to have him because he's going to be playing Penrith away, but um, Penrith are going to be out without both their halves and some of their forwards. Yeah, so you'd expect the Warriors to do really well against Penrith. The week after that, they're going to get the Broncos at Suncorp. But the Broncos do give up quite a few points to fullbacks. Um, third game is not a good one. It is Melbourne, although the Warriors do have a better record against Melbourne at Mount Smart than what most do. Um, but that is definitely a hard one. Uh, the next one is the big one, though. Uh, Gold Coast Titans um, is a fantastic one for fullbacks like Roger to score great against. Um, so that's you know almost captaincy material if you want to throw a hand grenade C out there. Dragons, tough one. Um, so Dragons and Storm are our two real tough ones so far. But then they then they hit Newcastle and Canterbury and then a harder one against Penrith and then Canberra at the end. But three out of the last four games during those head-to-head finals are going to be at Mount Smart. Yeah, I would only play him two out of those next five games and then hit up those uh, Canterbury Bulldogs sort of Mount Smart games at the end. So... Um, I think for head for head to head buyers, he's probably a good one to get in if you want a pod, especially for those finals matchups. Overall, if you want to get him in this week and then play him against the Titans, 
Um, yeah, I think the only only question there is, as long as you got cover for um, next week, so yeah, so round eighteen, um, post the round seventeen by when everyone's um, um, depleted. Um, actually, he's not even playing. I, yeah, no, I, I think he's a half decent buy, mate. Not 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 for me, but uh, definite option for what you've said. Yeah, and I mean everyone's going to have um, either Teddy or Turbo as their primary fullback. So I mean you don't need to play him every week, like you said, which is why I think he works out really well. Um, so yeah, I might I might I might even rethink actually because it's either him him or Milford. And Milford's been an absolute disgrace. I've already I've already done my nut over him in the first half of the year. Well, There's no point going back there. He threw up a ton last week, mate. Yeah, I didn't. I sold him weeks ago, mate. Yeah, I actually traded him in last week, so that was one of my. I got one out of five master strokes in my five trades, so that was one of them. So I'm quite chuffed about that one. Did you play him, but I did. Yeah. Did you play him? Yeah, I was actually going. I was actually really desperate to make up some ground last week, and I considered captaining him. Um, and it was either him or Ponga, and I chose Ponga, and I put it on Ponga three minutes before the game. And I couldn't get internet coverage where I was, um, and this, uh, and I only just got on Ponga in time. Obviously, if I missed that kickoff, I would have done the hand grenade C on Milford, and it would have worked out perfect. So I can't complain, though, because I did play, and a lot of guys obviously benched him, so it could have been worse. Yeah, yeah, I was loving last week. I started on fire with a complete pod back line. I always had um, Cutherson in there, had AJ in there, um, was I had Oates in there. It was going well, and then all of a sudden... Uh, yeah, Munster and Captain Ponga just derailed the season even further. Not mm. um, you and Aiken's number three on our list, and we've spoken about him quite a bit before. Um, I was actually saying to Wilfred on last week's pod, and he somewhat agreed with me, um, that at the moment, you know, being a little bit further back, I want to catch up. Everyone's jumping on Aiken. I actually prefer to jump on Nene and Lafay for a lot cheaper. Um, and I've actually got those yeah. guys in my side. And, of course, Sparging's touch of death meant that um, Aitken top scored out of that Dragons back line last week, um, which is always going to happen. So 5.7% of coaches have jumped on at 500 grand. I'm interested to see what you say because he is owned by 18% already. Um, he does have a five average, a three-round average of 64, but his five-round average is only 52.8. And I don't really see him being the premium option that maybe some other guys do. So, I mean, talk me into why you think you and Aiken's better than spending less money, a hundred grand less to get a Nene or, or one of these other sort of guys. I would only get Aiken if you're right up the top of the ladder and you don't really want a, um, a pod to catch up. Every single time we've talked about Aiken this year, I've said I don't like him because... Yeah, he has a, probably a, one of the better bases in the competition, but he never goes over the line. And every single time I open my mouth, he goes over time and time and time again. So, mate, I, if you want a solid seven three quarter option and you're and, you, and you're in the top, you know, two or three hundred, then by all means, just grab eight kind of just you know, stick with the clan. But if, if you want to catch up, I probably I'm going to disagree with Wolf just a little bit here. I know exactly what you're saying, and the guy's got more championship rigors than me, mate. Um, if you want a pod, I'd probably go someone from a completely different team rather than jumping on Lafayette or, or a Nene. Um, reason reason is Lafayette just he hasn't had that phone for a long time. He seems to get cut out a lot by Widukku. Um I just don't see him being as involved as he has been in years past when he was when he's actually been dominant. Um, I think you might be right. Maybe if, if you're going to get a pod in the same team, maybe go to the, the left side winger. Um, but I, I, I'd, I'd be taking McDonald over 
um, over Lafayette and any day, mate. I just, I just think he's too risky, and um, and, and anywhere he can just get the ball and fall over the line at any given point in time. So for a one-game one, yeah, I'd go Nano. Yeah, I, well, I think so too. And I was discussing that last week, so I won't go over it again. But um, I don't think Aiken's a terrible buy, but um, I don't think it. Looking at all these buys too, for the guys listening, um, we are like these buys are all you know round seventeen players. There's obviously other centre wings that we could talk about, but none of them are played this week, so we're not going to talk about them as beings right now. Um, I I understand why Aikens that purchase, but um, I don't love it as a buy. He's okay; it's a decent buy, but it's not the best that you could do. I don't think. Um, the next guy on the list is a Dragons pod, though, Billy. Three point six percent of coaches so far make him number four on the trade in list. Matthew Dufty, 427 grand. I don't know how to feel about this one because he is that type of pod that we're talking about. Um, he is playing round 17. Dragons got a great draw. He's only owned by 3% of teams. Five-round average is better than what Aikens is at 55.6. Three-round average of just under 60. Um, he does look pretty good, but at the same time, he's fullback only, so... I dare say a lot of these guys that are getting him in are trading at Ponga, which means for the run home, they're not going to have Ponga. They're not going to have, well, they're only going to have one of Ponga, Teddy or Turbo um, or RTS. And I kind of see all four of those guys as better than Matthew Dufty. So maybe it's a case of a decent play for this week, but going to hurt you after round 17? Yeah, I'd go to the RTS option over uh, Dufty for sure. Yeah, especially with the draw that you just mentioned before, mate. I, I, I really would. If, if you look, if if you want a pod, then by all means go Dufty. But I, you got to remember, it's not just one game you got to get through; it's the rest of the season. So, would you have, would you would you buy a guy like that with potential upside to leave him on the bench the rest of the year, or would you want to play him? The answer is, I think you'd want to play him or have um have that backup capability. So, I think that's where RTS has a lot more value, especially with that run you were, with that run you were talking about earlier, mate. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that sticks out with Dufty too, just looking at some numbers, is for a fullback, his base of 21 is a little bit underwhelming for his raw, raw base. Um, it's not great. And in his last um, sort of eight games, he's got a 91 and an 80 in there, but he's also got uh, a few sub-30s in there um, and 340s. So he generally doesn't score. Same as, same, same as RTS, but... Yeah, oh, RTS, I think, has got a few higher ones in there. RTS's base is around um, seven points a game more from memory. So he does have a bit of a better base. But, yeah, it, RTS has got some stinking in there. Just Dufty doesn't seem to have as many big ones in there. Um, he's got basically four big games all year, and then there's only one other one that he's hit 60 in out of the next you know nine games. Yeah, just um, keep in mind, too, um, you got to remember this when you come towards the end of the season. Um Averages don't mean as much when you come towards the end of the season because you're not going to keep the player in your team for as long. So when you come to the last four or five games of the season or the last sort of ten, and you're only going to play a game, play, sorry, play a player, you know, sort of four or five or six, six games, averages go right out the window pretty much because you, you think about it, at the beginning of the year how many guys um, priced between you know, sort of two hundred fifty and three hundred fifty grand average the same as you know your turbos and your turbos. The reason is because anything can happen inside a small subset of games where they can score 100 or 150 and those 30s are enough to offset the average down low enough. So um, if you get to this time when you hit, you don't really necessarily have to have you know sort of a full back line full of um, 
of Aitkins and high base players. You can get a couple of high fuck guys around sort of two hundred, three hundred K and uh, play play a Michael Gordon on, on a whim or play a guy like you know Kurt Man on a whim. And, and more often than not, if you if you get it right, you can use those guys to to pick and choose your games and use that as a strategy to get right up the ladder. Yeah, definitely, really good advice. Um, so moving away from Matthew Dufty, uh, Lachlan Lewis is the next guy in here. We're not going to talk about him too much. He's a rookie price guy. He's only played one game. Good downgrade option, basically, if um, if you want to downgrade one of your halves that isn't playing this week, I guess. Yeah, mate. Yeah, not very exciting. So let's move on from uh, Lewis and move on to number six on the most traded in guys, and that's Ryan James. And this is one that we do need to talk about because it's a pretty contentious one. Um, 2.8% of people have traded him in this week so far. He's gone up $95,000 this week, though. So he is almost $720,000. Scored three tons in a row. Uh, I think four tries in that span. He's um, absolutely killing it at the moment. Premium front row forward option for this week, um, provided he doesn't get called into Blues camp. Uh, I was chatting to a few guys around the traps about Ryan James, and there was a couple of questions and things here and there. Um, and my response really was, um, for me, I was actually looking at trading him in and a, and a few people said, oh, but he's way too expensive. Um, and my answer was, yeah, but I've only got five trades left. Two trades are going to be for guys to play this week and it doesn't matter how much they are. And then I've got one for Gerbo and that's all I'm doing. So my money is either going to sit on the side and not get used or I could use it for Ryan James. So money is really pretty inconsequential for someone in that type of position. So it means that he's... He could be a million dollars, but if you've got the money for it and you're not going to be able to make trades later anyway, then why not just use the money and just buy the best option you can? That's sort of one way of thinking with how my team's built at the moment. Um, if you've got um, a lot of trades left and, you know, or you, I guess probably the best way I'd put it, Billy, is if buying Ryan James for 720k is going to mean that you can't make your future trades or it's going to impact your plans for your final team, then you probably shouldn't be paying 720k for him. Do you think that's probably a, a fair analysis? Yeah, mate, it's a pretty, pretty spot on, actually. Um, we talked about him about three or four weeks ago. I think he's, um, I think he was in a lot of people's plans, but that double ton sort of four weeks ago just made it a little bit more difficult with the tons each week of... Uh, kind of manifested into a bit of an issue for by planners. I think you're right. The only re- the only way you get him in now is if a you really really um, top 100 you know, top 100 and you need needed a bloke like that, or b if you've got the cash, then it doesn't really matter. So just get him in. Yeah. Do you think that he's going to keep up? I mean, he's not going to keep up 100 100 points a week, but do you think that he's going to keep up a better average for this last portion of the season than what he did in the first half? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, match fitness. B, momentum is a big thing, uh, especially with forwards. Once you, once you get on a roll and you get confidence behind you, but you have an attitude about you, and it's, you, you walk on a, you walk on, on that field um, each week, doesn't matter what sport you play, with an aura about you. And if once you've got that confidence factor, mate, it, it, try or no try, he'll, he'll go looking for the ball. The fact that he's just missed out on, or, on origin again, the guy's trying to prove a point. So, um, I don't know if the Titans are in contention for the top eight at all. Um, I'm not sure how far behind they are, but um, yeah, I reckon he'll probably put in a, in a decent effort. And it's not like he's going to be getting small minutes with Arrow away. So, yeah, you'd like to think that he steps it up again this week. Yeah, I think he'll, start anyway. he'll absolutely kill it this week. That's for sure. And I do, I do agree. I think he'll go better for the balance of the year. So, 
despite his price, he's very he's way too expensive, but I still think he's a good buy. If you can afford him and it's not going to hurt your team, I'd be buying him. Um, hopefully, my bankroll will be able to afford me that. Um, it's going to be touch and go, though. So, um, Ryan James is an interesting one. This next guy isn't as much. Justin Olam, base price rookie. Um, he is going to probably play this week for Melbourne, Billy, and then disappear. So, Olam, we don't need to talk about. He's probably just going to be, um, when people are looking for the centre wing, play around 17 and then be enough. That's going to be Justin Olam unless um, injuries come into the Storm side. So he's a good one to do that with if you need that. The um, the next two guys, 8 and 9, we've got Sean Johnson and Gareth Widdop, uh, both at 2.6% each. Completely understand those two. I Billy, you know me, I don't like saying must-haves. So I don't think that there's many definite must-haves. Every team's different and all that stuff. But for me, for round 17, just looking at this round, Sean Johnson and Widdop are both musts. Uh yeah, <laughs> um I think I think a, I think a lot of people got them uh, last week or the week before or the week before that they um they haven't exactly um been on fire the last couple of weeks but um so I think I think if you missed them last week you can still buy them this week pretty much the same price they'll they'll they'll, they'll do they'll they'll do their job I, I think at least Johnson will do his job and worst case scenario if he doesn't score that well this week you know. You know that bloke's going to step up between now and the end of the year. He's had he's had decent scores all year, um, especially with that um, um, that draw you mentioned coming up. Um, Widdop's a bit hit and miss. Like a guy could score a million, he could could score thirty five. I think he scored fifty last week with a try assist right at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, just off a kick. Um, he Widdop actually yeah. downgraded to about forty two. So he um yeah, oh, really? even uh, So the, yeah, yeah look, you, you can't you can't really go yeah you can't really go any worse than getting um, a a goal kicking half for uh, two um, two of the better attacking teams in the comp when they're actually on. So yeah, just like you said, mate, two of the better options for the buyers. Just get them in if you can afford them. If you haven't got them already, I think most people do. Yeah, I mean the thing too with them is if you do get them in this week, they're they're a set and forget for me. Like they're just going to be there for the rest of the year. Um, Gareth Williams got a sixty BE. So he's probably going to stay pretty much around where he is. Thirty-one percent of teams is heavily owned, but it's not like it's it's not really highly owned for the buy period. Um, Sean Johnson, on the other hand, does have a BE of one hundred twenty-three, um, and he's in thirty-four percent of teams. So maybe some people are sort of thinking, "I'll wait this week for SJ." I, I wouldn't. The reality is that he's playing a really understrength Penrith side. They could put a lot of points on. SJ will potentially be my outright C if a VC doesn't work out. That's how confident I am with him this week. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. I think the only options for the halves this week are pretty much uh, uh, those two guys, or if, um, if you haven't got if you haven't got either of those or can't afford those, then go the Milford option. But worst case scenario, if you can't take any of those, I think there's probably always the option of. Um, I think Kurt Mann is available at seven. I think so. You could even shift him him up there just as a stopgap and bring in a decent sort of seventh recorder or second row or whatever you want via Jules, and then and then push back. Yeah, I mean, looking at them as as I mean, your your halves running home. Are you going to be running home basically with your number one half and five eight as Sean Johnson and Widdop, or do you have other guys that you prefer as your number one half or five eight? Yeah, you got to have decent decent backup. My halves at the moment are. Um, I think uh, I've got um. 
Whittaker, Munster at five eight and Johnson and um, the the tight and Brimson there, so got to fix the Brimson situation. But unfortunately, there's not really much there. I think maybe Cleary post Origin, but don't really like him without kicking. So I think I'll cross that path when I get there. Yeah, the halves have become a bit of a wasteland. Um, a little bit unfortunate with the way it's unfolded. Um, Milford, since you brought him up, we may as well touch on. I said that I bought him last week. I am um, glass half full, Billy, thinking that this is the start of the Milford run that we've been waiting for. Um, do you have any any faith in him, or is he just dead to you and you wouldn't consider him at all for this week? I have zero faith in whatsoever, mate. But the problem is um, he's that guy that that's always in the back of your mind that if you don't own him is that fear factor um, if you go back to the beginning of this year um, you know when you're doing your team you, you look at guys that are undervalued and you think okay where can I sneak points and buy someone that's going you know, to punch the same output as Jervo or Tom Lalo for a lower price and you know you buy a guy and it's okay for you know, a week or two weeks but then you know, Lalo starts being Lolo and uh, Jervo starts being Jervo and all of a sudden they offload and there's a try assist and the guys that you thought were Overpriced, end up being punching, you know, their average, uh, their average or more. That's what that's what um, scares me about Milford, Milford, mate. The guys done absolutely sweet FA all year, and all of a sudden we're coming up to a time where you're going to play a uh, depleted Titans team, and and the Broncos have a few games at home. The guy could turn up and go on a tear and just start averaging, you know, sort of ninety for the rest of the year. But do you want to pay that sort of price to find out? Is the question. 450 is not too bad. You could have got him for 413 last week. Um, I mean, I guess he's got Titans this week. He's a sneaky VC type of option or even C if you really want to throw down the gauntlet for the round. But um, after that, they've got three at home. And being the Titans, it means that for a month they play in Queensland and don't leave the state. Um, So that's pretty nice. I mean, you're a numbers man, Billy. I, I keep hanging my hat on the back of my head that Milford's only averaged 51 points this year so far, which is 14 points below his worst season, which is huge in Supercoach terms, 19 points below last season. I just always keep thinking to myself, he's got to start to revert towards the mean. There's no way he can finish the year, you know, a third almost below what he's done in the past um, at his age in his prime. Yeah, but he just did look dangerous in half the games, mate. I think I'm just going off the top of my head here because I was doing it a while back when I sold him, but I'm pretty sure he only had one try assist in the first, God knows how many, first two months of the season or something. Yeah. Um, and a couple of tries. His attack was absolutely diabolical. So it was one of those things where you just have to you know, several tries and go, that's it, I'm done, I can't handle this anymore. But one thing I will add, and this is the only reason I'm thinking about buying him back, if anyone out there is absolutely desperate to, to catch up and you want one guy that is going to potentially score you 150, he's the guy that you want to get that you do want to get in. And he's also, um, the reason why you want to do it is because they play the Titans on the last game of the weekend and no one, no one in the top 100 is going to have the balls to put the cats up on him for the last game of the season the last round he he is VC material otherwise he could could score 30 so if you get nuts to get somebody in like that and put the C on him I I think you'll find there's a very very small percentage of people that will actually um, uh, reap the reward of of a hundred plus captain in the end yeah definitely he's got to do it is the problem he's got to do it is the problem yeah 
really high upside for this week, and I think pretty high upside for the balance of the year too. Um, to give you to go on with your stats, he's only scored before the last two weeks three tries all year. In the last two weeks, he scored back-to-back tries, and he has looked a lot more dangerous. So um, I do live in hope. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that he's an option that's worth considering for guys looking for a pod. Um, I wouldn't do it at the expense of a, a Widdop or a Johnson. I'd do it as him being the third guy there um, and play all three of them this week. Um, but the last guy on the most traded list is an interesting one um, that I haven't thought about at all, and that is Big Naz, Big Nelson Asafa Solomona at the Storm. 400k, just went up 42 grand. So if I wanted to buy him, I think I would have done it last week. But 2.4% of people are bringing him in now this week. Um, he's got a five-round average of 51.8, dual front row, second row. Nine uh, percent of teams have him in at the moment. Um, he has been scoring well lately. Uh, have you looked at Naz at all for round seventeen or beyond? No, mate. I looked at him at the beginning of the season before it even started, and then um, gave myself an uppercut. Any forward in the LAX team gets absolutely minimal minutes unless you're, you know, uh, a 2014 or 2015 uh, um, J Brom. So, um, by cover or not, I'm just not interested in a guy that can punch 35 minutes or 45 minutes. And yeah, I'd much rather spend sort of 177k on a winger and just take, take potluck, mate. Yeah, 42 minutes is his average this year. And realistically, that's what he's been doing as well. Um, he's played 51 last week, but you know, two two or three weeks ago he played 34. Um, I think everyone's looking at last week because he scored a try, and it's only his second try of the year, so he scored 92 points. But before that, it was 50, 38, 44, 35, 38, 38, 45, 35, 30. It reads like a winger. It's awful. Man, I'd rather go Stimson, to be honest. And worst case. Uh, worst case scenario, he's going to stick around and stink up the bench, just like just like um, Nass is anyway. Probably stinking up a little bit more, but yeah, I'd rather the eighty-minute edge guy than a forty-five-minute impact forward. Well, speaking about guys that you would rather, uh, let me throw this little pod in there for you that's not on the top ten. Uh, Bulldogs, Adam Tolman. Um, he is cheaper than Nas at um, just under uh, just around three hundred seventy k. Um, he got 61 minutes last round and punched out 61 points starting at prop in Aaron Wood's position. Plays round 17 and should have that starting prop spot locked down for the rest of the year with the Dogs having not much depth there at all with Wood's gone. So for 370k, um, and he's PPM with the, with his minutes he's been guaranteed. You know, he's probably getting 60 for the balance of the year minutes-wise. Even if he has a lower PPM, maybe he averages, you know, low 50s, that's a much better backup than someone like Naz, and he does play around 17. And he's about, you know, 35k cheap. Yep, agree, mate. only reason I haven't mentioned him is because if you invited me on the podcast last week instead of Wilfred, you would have heard that seven days ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, not mention it last week because I wanted to actually see what he did. Um, I know me and Wilfred were laughing a little bit about it, and I think we mentioned it on last week's pod that um, he's a guy to talk about, but um, a few people get a bit carried uh, away saying he's, he, oh, he's a must-have, Tolman, now he's must-have, must-have. Ah, uh, no. No, no, he's not, he's not a must-have, mate. Wilfred, Wilfred's not silly. Um, <laughs> I, 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 mate, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Every, every man and his dog out there knows that sort of um, 
every time Jimmy Graham um, was, was injured or um, um, every time the dogs were down sort of forwards. He did sort of step up to um, Oregon time and sort of play his, um, 65 minutes and then he, and I think the week after he'd sort of get a rest and come back sort of 45, sort of 50 minutes for a week a week or two and then Origin would come around again and he'd step up again. He's just that meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes guys that doesn't really have much of an offload. He's just going to do hit-ups and do tackles and that's pretty much it for 60 minutes and give you 60 points. That That's it. Um, he's not really going to go over the line. I think the only time he, he goes over the line is sort of the last or second last game of the year um, just to avoid a nudie run and he just gets there by the skin of his teeth mate so don't expect anything more than 60 minutes and that's about it yeah you'll be solid and you'll be solid this week and um, I was joking around with one of the guys today and I said you know basically um, Tolman is meat potatoes and it's when you're hoping for a winger to score a try the equivalent of Tolman is just hoping that he throws one offload because that's basically <laughs> the only thing he's got to give you an extra few points in his game aside from the tackles and runs. But um, I think he's a decent option for this week. Um, and I might even be considering myself. Um, yeah, and he won't be an A, he won't be an a nightmare um, later either. I know lots of people say, oh, look at how, how often have you ever looked, don't worry about A nightmare. Well, that's why people don't look, because you only, because you have a guy on the bench that's scoring 15 or 20 points the first half of the season. If you're clever enough to have a bench with full of Aiden Tolmans and the worst score you're going to cop is a 50, 50 to 60 at the end of the year, mate, you'd be looping your ass off every freaking week. Yeah, that's the thing. It all comes down to the maths, doesn't it? And the maths looks a lot better for yeah. you if um, that bottom guy scores a lot more. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be a better option. Um, but let's move on now to the traded out guys. I think it makes a fair bit of sense at the top. We've got Caleb Ponga at 14.4% and Tohu Harris at 10.2%. Both those guys are injured. Ponga might only miss two or three games. Um, I actually think he'll miss more like three games, maybe even more. But what would you, what would your thoughts be with Ponga? Because there's two, there's two trades of thought at the moment. There's the guys that say, you know, I'm just going to trade him out because he's not playing this week. Um, He's, his draw is good for the next few weeks. He's going to miss out on it. His draw for the balance of the year isn't very good, so I don't think he's going to score as much. Um, and then there's other guys saying, well, he's a keeper. He's averaged 70s. He's one of the best fullbacks you can have. And he's only out maybe a couple of games. So where do you sort of sit on the trade or not trade, Callum Palmer? Oh, I'm, I'm on the trade boat, mate. You've got to get rid of someone. I'd rather get rid of someone that's not playing. Um because you can replace a guy like that with quality of like RTS or Turbo, and um, look, even if you trade him for an absolute bump, and or or uh, even if you trade him for RTS and RTS doesn't really score well this week and scores fifty, you divide that fifty points bet- between the next um, uh, however many rounds, um, well, how, the next sort of ten rounds. So that's that's, the next, that's next that's five points um, that he's got on on Ponga already. So. Um, like likelihood of whoever you trade Palmer for um, actually outscoring uh, outscoring him. Um, yeah, look the points the points that the replacement makes this week I think out, outweighs it. So you just got to take the risk. Uh, and plus he's gonna he's gonna come back from injury. Um, so maybe even eased in. Uh, is he gonna be goal kicking? Who knows? So I'd rather not just take the risk and just get rid of him. Yeah, the goal kicking is a really good point and one that I did think about as well. Hamstring injuries are just the type of ones where 
you are going to aggravate it potentially if you're kicking goals. So that's a, I can see like Ken Seo or someone getting the goal kicking and keeping it maybe even the rest of the year. Um, but if not, he's going to keep it for the first two or three weeks of Ponga's back, perhaps. Um, so that's that's one negative. Um, the other thing is that they are in 12th place at the moment. The top eight's pretty set. Kalen Ponga is arguably the best young guy that's guaranteed to be a starter of the next 10 years, uh, more than anyone in the NRL. So if you, are, if you own him as a club under contract for the next few years, I, I don't think that you're going to be pushing him for this balance of the season to be coming back. So... Two to three weeks. Yeah, the only the um only caveat there is um how many points ahead of the rest of, ahead of the pack is he on on um WM um because he, surely he'll be uh in, sh- surely he'll be wanting to come back to try and push for that WM player of the year, mate. Yeah, I'm sure he will. This is a it's a bit of a case of you know the club will always sort of put the the players' health and and their team first sort of thing. They still probably try and push him to. To relax a bit. I mean, look, it might just mean that he's out an extra week. Maybe it's four games that he misses. But when there's only, you know, how many, nine games left, there's a big difference between missing two and missing four. Because why are you going to hold a guy for five games? You know, like, I just think that there's too many things there. Um, and again, your point on it doesn't really matter at this point what guys have averaged. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter if Pong has averaged 70 points for the balance of this year. Looking forward, if he's only going to play, you know, five games and average 55 points, then he's a definite sell. And that's where you've kind of got to look at the draw, taking out his goal kicking, he's not going to be doing that, and actually, you know, try and calculate where you think he's going to hit. I wouldn't be surprised um, if RTS goes on a run. RTS could average 10 points better than him um, and maybe go on a big run, you know. Like, I just think that there's much better options just to trade him out for the balance of the year myself. Yeah, mate, you can make a case for either or. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on, dude. Toby Harris, gone. Um, out up to six weeks, I'd be getting rid of him. Um, Sione Katoa, third most, should be gone. Then we've got a few bums um, that we won't even talk about. We'll get to number eight, though. Let's just have a little moment of silence for John Olive, the guy that a whole heap of us got in, including me and just hope that he'd be playing this week and the bum couldn't be good enough for three weeks just to make it around 17. <laughs> I almost feel sorry for you, but I don't. <laughs> Man, he's... I don't even know what to do with him, whether to burn the trade to get him out to someone else, like a mid-range guy, or just to leave him in there. I'm scared he's going to come back and be an AE guy now. Um, oh, I wouldn't think so, mate. The guy's been dropped for a reason, hasn't he? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that he just stays out now. I guess he can be my loop. Mate, seriously, let's be honest. When the Titans let you go, <laughs> there's going to be something seriously wrong with you. Yeah, let's move on to number 10 because this is a guy that we do need to talk about, uh, Ryan Madison. Uh, it's come out that he's going to be out um, potentially to at least round 20, if not longer. Uh, 2% of coaches have sold. Um, I Six weeks ago, I thought he was a definite hold. Um, but I think the guys that sold him um, made a good decision or, or got lucky, depending on how you look at it, because he just he just keeps having um, these wrist issues flare up and rumours about other stuff going on. And I think you just pretty pretty much got to sell him, being a guy that's not playing now, not going to play for a few weeks. And even though he was good, Billy, in centre wing, yeah, there's other options there. 
yeah, look, I'm going to hide only because I've got heaps of depth and I'm just over it. Um, I'd like I'd like to use his scores when he comes back if he ever bloody does. But um, yeah, look, if you do decide to hide him, you've got to you've got that obviously that um, concern as well. Um, um, Butcher and uh, who, who's is it Radley? Yeah, uh, Radley. the other guys that have replaced him um, have been uh, going pretty well. So he could end up being, being like. Um, uh, um, bloody Orbo coming off the bench and being used in mate, who knows uh, I'm, I'm just keeping him purely because he's available at Sounds Red Quarter and he's, he's been a beast before so yeah I'd, it's 500 or 600 a K you've got a K for around 20 so if, you, if you're in the top sort of whatever and you want to catch up mate just sell the guy and, and, and move on but yeah, if if, you, if you've um, if you've got the trades and you've got the depth, then I can see a reason for holding him and holding him as well. He might be your saving grace in rounds 23, 24, 25. See, there's still ten, there's still a third of the season to go, mate. So I'm I'm going to hold. But yeah, you, you could easily make a case for selling. Yep. So let's have a quick chat about our run home candidates to look at targeting before we move on to um, a TLT review. Out of these guys, there's a, there's a few around the traps that haven't really been discussed too much um, that have been going pretty well or that guys are considering getting in their side. The first guy I'm going to um, throw up to you is um, we spoke about centre wing quite a bit, Billy. I've um, a couple months ago mentioned Blake Ferguson for that first buy and been a big fan. He's, um, he's continued to just be on fire. He's averaging 62 points as a centre wing. Um, Three-round average is 77, five-round average is 74. He's only owned by 13% of teams, arguably one of the most consistent center wings in the game. Um, he is expensive, but for guys that are just looking for the run home or, or head-to-head, do you agree with me that he's maybe a premium option that people should start looking at that's a bit under the radar? Uh, uh, depends on the draw. Um, I am... Um... When you asked me that question at the beginning of the year, I, I, um, you were t- you were talking about Tupu and I spruced uh, as a as a left as, as a left field as a left field option to start the year. Um, didn't didn't I didn't go with it because I didn't like the idea of going with a very expensive winger. So I thought I'd start with Rapana. Um So <laughs> that went well. Um, <laughs> but, but right 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 now, um, I, I think he's already priced at his peak, mate. I wouldn't be buying a guy at his price um, right now. Uh, Roosters have click butt, so he's getting the attacking stats. I'm not sure how, ma- how many of those stats were inflated um, by a game or two. The uh, was it only just the one game he played at fullback in the bite when Teddy uh, was away. Yeah, just the one. Yeah, I can't remember what scored that game. I know he went pretty he, well. He but... went. He went for a tunnel Masters in the nineties. Yeah. Um, look, mate, he's, def- he's definitely an option. Um, I don't. I'd steer. I'd rather go for someone like Gutherson. Um, I think he's kind of hitting his straps now. Like a guy that's actually going to be hitting the ball up more and actually goal kicking. Um, but yeah, if you want to left, if you want a left field pod, not not the worst. But I think there's a couple of options out there. So looking at the fullbacks, then I've um, got a big question for you, Tommy Turbo. Um, he's a guy that, at the moment, based on what I'm going to do, I'm not going to have as my fullback. Um, in my side, I'm going to have Teddy and RTS. Do you think that uh, Tommy Turbo should be prioritised over those guys for the run home? Um, what do you think head-to-head players should even be looking at him just to bring him in now at 550k? Um, he scored 80 last week, not really doing much. Um, 
Combinate. He's, he's I think he was dropped off a little uh, a little bit when you watch the games. Doesn't seem to be as attacking as he was when he started at the start of the year. But if you go and look at the stats, the guy's still producing. So I think he's probably about the cheapest you'll find him for the rest of the year still. Um, if you want him, just get on him now. But if you want a pod, uh, yeah, it would want to be a good one, mate. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be you have to choose between him, Teddy, um, and it was Ponga. Um, for those guys yeah. that only had one of them before, they can probably only have either Teddy or Turbo coming in for a lot of teams like mine. Who would you choose yeah, out of actually, Teddy and Turbo? Put it this way, mate. I think if you're not going to buy t- um, Trebojevic right now, don't think you want to replace him with a fullback. I think you'd be wanting to play Tedesco and or, your, or RTS or wherever your fullback is, yep. and having your your, your, set, your second reserve like a Gallon or someone like that who's hitting their straps and playing seventy minutes now and going to score you sixty five points a week just being on the field. Yep, that's fair. Ten um, percent of teams now own Alex Johnston. Um, he's been a guy the last month that's just been on fire. And a few astute guys have brought in, um, including you last week. So you're a good one to talk to about it. Um, do you? Where do you rate him as far as you know, centre wing pods for the balance of the year? Are you expecting him to be one of the top four centre wings for the balance of the year? Or? Yeah, that's why I bought him, mate. Um, I didn't buy him just because he was low ownership. I bought him because um, after watching, I, I know it was Eels, but after watching that game where he just. Uh, that, that Bunny's left side edge just absolutely demolished the Eels and they've won was it 10 games or eight games or however many games on the trot now and whenever whenever they go left he just seems to pop up out of nowhere and it's either him or Gio or, or or someone giving the ball so I think last week I was a bit concerned when he was on three and then all of a sudden there was a line break then there was a line break and then he just missed out on a try or try assist so he scored 60 or fifty or sixty points last week with uh, with uh, no with no no real assist or attacking stats. So I, um, yeah, I, I just think they're too dangerous on that left edge, mate. So that, that's that, that's the reason I'm going last week. But also because he had that massive negative break even, and I thought if I wait until after the buy, he's probably sort of you know seventy eighty grand more expensive. So that's why that's why I took the, took the buy early, mate. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, when he was coming up about a month ago, to be honest, I sort of dismissed it because the Alex Johnson of old has just so many low scores. Um, almost like Bevan French when Bevan French was going well when he first came in. He'd have so many real low scores and then he'll, you know, bust out a few tries and score an 80 or 90. And that seemed to be what Alex Johnson was sort of like. But I have to admit, this year he's... Um, his scores haven't been anywhere near as low with his low scores, aside from when he got hurt and he got five. Um, his scores have sort of been pretty reasonable. And he's had a pretty, pretty good run of, um, you know, 50s and 60s without actually doing much and not needing to score a try, which is impressive. So he does look like a good call from you and a few of the other boys a month ago. I was just following lead from the other lads, mate. <laughs> All right. Well, let's have a quick chat about a couple of others and then we'll go straight into TLT. But um, one of the other guys for the run home that a few people are bringing up is Jai Arrow, um, moving into the forwards now a little bit. And I only bring him up because a lot of guys are trying to get him in now and um, some people are saying he's too expensive. Um, other guys around the traps are, are going to roll without him um, and it just seems like he's not really getting the respect that he probably deserves. I know you're a Jai Arrow lover. He's killed it this year. 
I'd probably rate him as one of the best second row options there is, um, and I kind of feel like you have to get him in your side for the run home. Oh, surely you do, mate. Spoon, I sold him now. I didn't listen to everyone. I kind of figured he was uh, out for a game or two and then playing Origin. I thought I'd just sell him and then bring him back, but he's, um, the, the scores that he's had in between Origin games just phenomenal. Like the, him, him being on sort of 50, 60 points last week was great, but he came off and had a bit of a rest. I thought, sweet, no worries. And then all of a sudden he comes on, he jinxes the weaves and goes over. And before you know it, Christ. So, yeah, look, I, I think a lot of people are going to pick him up post-origin. Post I'm not sure if I'd pick him up. Um, actually, I will, I will pick him up first. But I think he's got a reasonably, reasonably low break-even. So if you want to get him, you want to get him in early. Yeah, he does, um, and you're going to need to get him in soon. He's just absolutely killing it, and I believe he's still sub 600, which isn't that expensive. He could get up to 700k again, um, which he's been at before. So, yeah, I, I think you've got to get him in, and the last guy will finish up off for the run home. Um, I, um, I'm i still amazed at the amount of people over the um, over the Supercoach season who resisted getting Damien Cook in, and even though he's $730,000 at the moment, um, I just think for the 60-something percent of teams that don't have him, you have to find a way to get him in your side as your number one hooker. You just have to do it. Yeah. I saw a comment earlier this afternoon about somebody selling him and cashing him on the 700 grand. Yeah. Um, not, not sure who we, who we want to who you would want to purchase for 700 grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know you want to buy with 700 grand as a bloke you're selling. So, well, um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can split it into two. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. But um, um, yeah, I, I didn't realise how consistent he was. I just had um, when I opened up the um, the SC stats site before he, his um, his picture was on the front. I had a look at his numbers, and he seemed to be pretty consistent the entire year. Just eighties and eighties and tons and eighties. There were a couple of fifties in there, but pretty much uh, everything was over sixty-five. He just he's just been an, an attacking weapon. Yeah, he has. He's. Which is surprising because he's meant to just be one of those workers, sort of like Corey Parker, um, and even without the offloads that Parker had, but he's been pulling out the offloads and getting some TBs and then even the occasional try and LBs and stuff. And it's it wasn't really what I expected. I thought that he was going to be you know busting out sixty five seventy just in in raw work and just making fifty tackles and stuff. But it's been really refreshing to see the other dimensions in his game. So. Yeah, he he looks great, and I don't think that anyone can um, can miss out on him. But let's um, let's move on to yeah. TLT now, mate, because um, we've got yeah, not many games this week. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting. So the Thursday night game for the short round this week, we've got Storm versus Dragons. Um, obviously, a lot of outs: Slater, Adakar, Chambers, Munster, Kafusi, and Glasby are all on Origin duty, so they've got half a dozen outs. Um, the big supercoach relevant one is Justin Olin, who we spoke about coming in for Adokar. Um, Chase Blair, replacing Chambers, but he's pretty irrelevant. And um, Riley Jack's coming back in for Munster. Brody Croft gets added to the bench. Um, and the Dragons side, they've obviously got Hunt still out, didn't get dropped. Uh, Vaughan, DeBellin, Frizzell, Sims. But the probably the interesting ones are going to be... Um, Hunt replacing the halves by Darren Nichols, so he could be a guy to get in who you're not going to... You're going to play for one week and he's got enough out. Um, and then we've also got Blake Lowry starting for DeBellin um, and also Luciano Le Lewis starting as well. So 
Gilly, for me, the couple of takeaways for the Dragons, uh, Lua and Lowry as cheapy options, but probably Lowry is a enough cheapy option as, as well as Nichols in the halves because those guys might play and and then leave. Um, and then the then that whole back line on um, trying to nail who's going to score this week against um, the Storm with the side that they've named, you'd think the Dragons are going to go pretty well. Yeah, I, think, I was just looking at that Murray guy before. He, it's the first time I've really seen his name. His name here, he hasn't been on the bench before, has he? Only a couple of games, and when he has, he's sort of come, he has played the last couple of weeks, but he's come from like Jersey 19, and, um, you know, um, Frizzell got rested after Origin, and he played. Armel um, got rested last week from the test, and he played. Um, but he seems to come in four guys rather than have a spot there. Well, mate, the interchange of uh, Jason Nightingale, Reese Robson, doesn't exactly scream uh, a lot of size there, Lattimore, Sally. I reckon even if he's a newbie, mate, um, Luciano Lili, um, he, he's not even really known for having big minutes. I know I know a lot of that's off the bench. I've got uh, bench edge, he isn't going to get many minutes, but I reckon um, if any, he probably gets 50, 50, 55, 60 minutes at the least, you would think being a starting 13. So, mate, we talked about Tolman being cheap. You could quite easily just go for the... Um, Justin Olam and, and Laurie as cash outs this week and just be absolutely jacked to um, inject um, for trades around round 18. Yeah, that's not a bad strategy. Lowry um, has a good shot at not playing very many games, so he shouldn't be an AE nightmare. Um, Olam's the same. <coughs> so with the Storm, Billy, um, first game, Cam Smith as a VC option looks like it might be on, but then again, um, Widdop looks like another VC option in this game. I wouldn't, yeah. is always a good VC option, but I wouldn't be doing it versus the Storm, and I wouldn't be doing it at Amy Park, um, even with a lot of their big guns away. But they've still got um, Welsh and Ahsoka Solomona, um, Smith up there, um, Hoffman, and, uh, Hoffman and Bromwich. So the pack is pretty much still intact. Um, Vinny's there, Scott's there, Olam is supposed to be up and comer. Um, the, the only thing, uh, they've got uh, Riley Jacks there. The, the only thing they're really missing is Munster and Slayer. And, um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, and Chambers as well. Their, their back line's decimated. Yeah, right. I, 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 I don't know why that Chambers doesn't really, do, <laughs> doesn't really do much for them. Yeah, Kafusi and Adak are just a finisher. Just a finisher. I don't really think that's going to have uh, too much of an impact on them at all. I think I am. Um, I, I, I wouldn't see so. If, if you're going to be see anyone in that game, mate, I, I'd do Smith, but I don't. I don't think he's going to score high enough. I, I'd, I'd, I'd go the VC on um, on SJ and or yeah, well, yeah, you could even do that VC Smith and then straight out see SJ. Yeah, I um, I can see the appeal of both Widdop and Smith. I think the Dragons will win. I'm going to say 28-16. I reckon there'll be some points, and the Storm backline might um, might struggle a little bit. The Fords will probably be all right. Um, this next game is an interesting one as well because I think the Warriors might absolutely destroy the Panthers. Um, obviously, the Panthers have um, both their halves out. So we've got Tyrone May replacing Maloney at number six and Jerome Luai replacing uh, Cleary. Either one of those guys would be decent enough to accept Tyrone May's like half a million dollars because of last season. So he's untouchable. Um as far as the rest of the side, um, the big news for the Panthers is 
Big Billy Kickout is back. Uh, and so is Harry Onara, who's been named on the bench. Uh, for the Warriors, um, obviously minimal changes um, because of no uh, origin stars needing to be taken out. So they're going to be pretty much full strength. Um, only guy they're really going to be missing is Tofu Harris, which is going to hurt him a little bit. Um, and Bunty Afoa. But that means that so many moves to the right edge of Harris. And Adam Blair comes back. So, what do you reckon about this one, Billy? I think you're right. I think the Warriors are going to dominate, absolutely dominate that game. Um, but in saying that, it is the Warriors, and you know that you know, they could fly over the ditch, but not, but not actually turn up to the field. Uh, the only thing to mention there is probably kick out. Do you reckon he goes back to bench and Harawira starts? Um, it, because A, that's the way it's always been, or B, um, I Took that uh, knock to not knock to the knee, and he has been coming off the bench anyway. So maybe maybe um, he does come off the bench to ease, ease him into the game or to be an impact player. But I don't know how how bad um, Two Dad's um, injury was to start with. So um, I mean, what, what did what did Corey actually do? Has he been out for just a couple of weeks, or was it just, twins just the one was game? It, was it bad? No, it, it wasn't a bad injury at all. It was just the one game. So I don't think. Um, I would, I, I would, I would think maybe he is going to stay on the bench this game just for his first week back, but it is a bad injury. So, yeah, they. they I reckon Harawira. I reckon Harawira is is a late starter and keep keep out comes off the bench just to. I know it's just a bruising, but the guy's always been coming off the bench, so I reckon they switch him back again, and he, and he becomes an impact player. It's going to be really annoying if that happens, but I, I dare say that that's pretty high chance. I think you might be spot on, um, and if it does. It's going to be annoying, but you can't do anything. We're all short on players, so still going to play kicker. Um, Trent Merrin's named um, Trent Merrin's in there, which was interesting to me a couple of weeks ago, but unfortunately he hasn't got any extra minutes, so the interest isn't there. Um, but Roger and Sean Johnson are my two big interest points for Sydney coach for this week. Um, it might even be a pod move to uh, just go the, the VC Roger, which I've thought about as well. He could absolutely carve up this Penrith side. Yeah, and the other thing to mention is Hickey's back at at centre. I think he played. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he play wing last week? Uh, I'm not sure where he was last week. I thought he was a late. I thought he might have been a late inclusion at five last week. I think. I'm yeah, just he he was definitely late. a late inclusion. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was on the wing. So him, him back into the centres off off hanging off SJ. He, he might be the um, the big winner this week there. Yeah, I think the Warriors are in for a big, a big game. Um, the spine, mate, the one, the one seven nine, and probably maybe maybe Hiku. I reckon. I reckon, I reckon those are the winners. Yeah, I'm salivating at RTS and Sean Johnson. Um, a few guys um, were talking about Isaiah Papali for the last few weeks. Um, he was probably a good buy a few weeks ago. Couldn't get him now, but uh, he he's one who could be um, exploding this week with a try as well. He seems to find the line a little bit. Um, yeah. but, Let's move on to the Dogs and Raiders, which is our third game of the round. Um, so this one we've got um, Rima Smith, uh, Holland and Lachlan Lewis all retaining their spots after coming to the side in recent weeks. Um, we've got Falalo starting for Dave Clemmer and no sign of John Olive, which really sucks for a lot of us that bore him in a few weeks ago. Um, for the Raiders, uh, we've got Blake Austin dropping back to the bench. Sam Williams coming in to start. Um, very interesting because they obviously got a win. I thought they would have stuck with Austin. Um, 
Paulo returns to the bench. Havili's actually going to start at lock, which is very, very interesting. Um, and Joe Tappany has been named to start after going off with a head knock next week, which is good news. So the let's focus on this um, Bulldog side first. Obviously, good news, Billy, that all those guys that have been cheapies have been named again. But the, the couple for me are Reese Martin retaining his 12 jersey is fantastic. Um, kicking goals, so he's going to be a great option for those that held on to him. And the other big one for here is the Aiden Tolman watch on whether I want to bring him in as well. Yeah, I'm more excited at the Martin prospect. Um, was a bit concerning though, seeing, seeing him uh, kicking goals last week and checking the stats after the game just to see he scored 60 with 24 points in goals, was it? Um, was that about it? Yeah, he didn't he didn't have a great run, and that's surprising because he he had his lowest score minus the goals that he's had in all his first grade games, so it wasn't a great one. It was a bit concerning, but <laughs> the only way is up. Um, yeah, Tolman Tolman's a, I wouldn't say a, a, um, a, an exciting prospect, but yeah, definitely an option there. I, I'm more more excited about Tolman and just a, a cheap cash out on the left, mate. Yeah, the Smith kid. Be, be interested to see what he actually does. Two, two, uh, it was 24 points in an attack, so I'm just going to assume they were two try assists and a try. So, um, in in that dogs team too, he must have done something all right. Yeah, I think that um, a few of these younger guys have actually started to play pretty well, and Pay's going to give them a pretty long leash to stay in that side. Um, on the Raiders side, though, I think Ricky Stewart's just gone completely crazy. Um, I know that um, Blake Oss is not a great half, but geez, Sam Williams isn't either, and they've just been winning some games. And uh, I know that Havili is a decent nine, but I don't know. I don't think I'd be starting him at 13. But, I mean, their bench for the Raiders is interesting. They've got Blake Austin there. Um, and then Paulo Knight, who's not going to play many minutes. And Paulo probably isn't either coming back from injury. And then Soliola. So the fact that they've got Havili at lock, um, it, it should mean that um, we see 80 minutes returning Josh, uh, Joe Tappany, after he got a knock last week, there shouldn't be any issue with that. So I'm really excited to watch Tappany. Um, and the other one as well, I guess, um, Nick Kotrick has been a bit of a consideration for me. Jared Croker I'm not interested in, but Kotrick against the Dogs, he could bag a double and end up being a pretty good centre wing option. Yeah, just price, just that awkward price, mate. He's a bit of a teaser. Like you want to get him, but you look at the price and you arm and arm and go, ugh. They're still the Raiders, they got, they've got a difficult draw at the moment. I'd probably sort of steer clear from him, I think. Uh, you're right there, Tuppany. Tuppany's definite, definite interest on, 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 that, on that edge, mate. The only other one to mention would be um, Abby. What's the likelihood he's going to stick, stick there for the long haul? And what, does, does, well, from memory, does, doesn't he have like a half-decent kick return game? And he'd be pretty cheap. Sorry, my, my computer just died, so I can't check the stats. <laughs> It's not like he's going to have a massive price tag. Yeah, well, the issue with Abby is that it's just so up in the air what they're going to do with Jack Whiten. Um, I mean, Jack Whiten... Surely they're not going to bring him back. Well, look, you'd hope so that he's going to stay out for the year because, I mean, I know Paul Kent was blowing up on NL 360 and brought up the point that, you know, Mitchell Pearce, and this was Paul Kent who said this, not me, um, Mitchell Pearce went to a, you know, a private party a couple of years ago and, and got done for 12 weeks and fined, you know, 100 grand or something. And this bloke's, you know, assaulted, assaulted and knocked out three guys out on the piss in Canberra. 
and got done for pissing in Valley afterwards when the police showed up. So, I mean, you know, you'd have to think that he's not going to come back this year, but Cameras came out and said that they're going to support him um, and that they're going to stand by him and stuff. So, I, I really don't yeah, that, know. That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't mean playing you, but big difference. Yeah, but Ricky's very... Ricky is a... a, a a player's coach, he's really close with his players and stuff. He does really, really like Jack Whiten. So, I don't know. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he's going to play him, though, mate. I, I think he's done for the year. So, if the, the question is, what's what's Abby's price? And, do you, and do you, does he have a, a decent enough work rate to be in, to be a cheap-ass inclusion? Well, he's he's around 215k. So, his price is pretty good. Pretty much. Pretty much bottom dollar. So if you, if you didn't want to get a, um, a what do you call it, um, a Smith guy on, on the edge at the Dogs team, you could get an Abbey who's you know a, a kick returner, so a fullback guy in. A, yeah, sorry, it's just a kick returning guy. So yeah, he's probably a pod player if you want a guy that's just going to probably get you know sort of thirty points and uh, p- uh, picking a ball up and shuffling it back to the halfway line. Um, take the odd chance that maybe he goes over because you know, um, Hodgson's back in the team and has a, um, can steer the team around a park a bit, give them a bit more bit more attacking opportunity. But um, I suppose the only, only question you're going to ask is um, how, how many uh, how, how much attacking stats has Whiten had the entire year? I mean, it's not, it's a, not like a second string fullback is going to have any more. Yeah, Whiten's had good attacking stats. The problem is that we haven't seen much from Abby. In, at the NRL level, yeah. so his his numbers, you know, he played four games in 2017 at um, 67 minutes a game because I think one of them he got hurt, and he only averaged 24 points a game. Um, now this last game, he's only scored 27 points in his 80 minutes, 25 in base. So that's that's one thing with it. The other side of that is that in the lower grades, he has been. A very good kick returner, you're right, and he's been a very good attacking player. So, whether he can translate that quickly is up in the air. He did used to play for the Dogs, though, and he's coming up against his old side after moving over to Canberra. So, he's Maybe going to be motivated. Put him in the uh, Big Bulls pod category and leave it at that. Take it or leave it. Yeah, they've got a bad run, Canberra. I'm really not keen on any Canberra backs at the moment because of that run home. But, um, yeah, you could yeah. definitely All get right, him. So so the moral of that story is he's an option, but we'd probably recommend going the old LM route where you pick up a, a one-game wonder and then no show for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'd prefer to do that, definitely. So okay. let's yeah. um, throw on to the final game of the round, which is the Titans-Broncos. Now, we've got um, Jack Stockwell and Will Matthews starting for Arrow and Wallace, both fairly insignificant. Um, Connie Harrell is coming onto the bench to make a return, um, and then for the Broncos, um, obviously a few guys out. Got Tavita Pegon Jr. back, but he's on the bench at the moment, which is so, so annoying. And we've got Jonas Pearson and Tom O replacing Oates and Roberts in origin. So a um, couple of big takeaways for this one, Billy. One, it sucks if you bought Oates last week. We both did it. It's terrible. Um TPJ on the bench. We've all been holding you if we're owners, at least for this round 17 game. If he stays on the bench and doesn't get more than 50 minutes, that's going to be really annoying from the Broncos side of things. Probably the only Broncos thing that will make me happy with all of that said is going to be Anthony Milford. If he can just 
bring last week's form into this game, that's probably what I'm looking forward to from the Broncos. Yeah, mate, I think the only person happy with TPJ not starting on the edge is probably Alex Glenn. Yeah. I don't know how Alex Glenn is there instead of him. Do you think that this is going to be a switch before the game and um, TPJ will end up back starting? Always a possibility, and I think that's the way Bennett would probably usually go, but the fact that he's injured, I reckon he probably ends up starting off the bench this time. Mm. Which is frustrating, because I think he's an absolute beast of an edge guy, and I reckon he should be starting now and playing 80, 80 every week, but a, I'm not the coach, and B, I'm not the coach. So, um, <laughs> yeah, mate, the, 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 the one game that he did play the full 80 on the, on the edge when he wasn't injured, the blo- it didn't go it didn't go over the line, but he looked absolutely devastating. So, um, yeah, having a, having a guy like that run off Milton's hip, and but with with a and also having Oates out Oates out Oates out wide, um, just creates so much opportunity for Milton on that left edge. Um, it's not funny, mate, but you can't get points out of the guy if he's not starting. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks and whether he ends up starting or not. But I think uh, the issue for this week is you probably couldn't invest in a guy coming off the bench, could you? No, it makes it a tough buy, doesn't it? Um, especially if you're going to have to stick around with him. I mean, I guess the only the only positive with it is even on the bench, he seems to have been getting 50 minutes. So he's probably, you know, a 50-point type of player, which isn't great to start. But kind of like an Aiden Tolman, if he's going to be your you know, 19th, 20th man, he's a dual position player who's not going to be an AE nightmare. So maybe... Yeah, I think the good thing... The only real advantage for us is um, him not playing big minutes this year. It makes him an option for next year as well. Yeah. It, I'm still hopeful that um, he's going to go back into playing big minutes. I just really think that they need him. But um, I don't know. We'll wait and see. He, he only got through 24 minutes last week, which was pretty disappointing. Um, the week before, he's, he was at 50, but... I don't know. He's 500k, Billy. So I don't. I don't think that many people could invest in him. But if you really have all the other premium forward options in your side, um, and you've got the money to burn, then I could see you buying him for this round and just keeping him as a you know eighteenth, nineteenth man. But if you don't, then you probably can't go near him. The Titans, though, they don't really offer too much for me that I'm excited about at all. Aside from Ryan James, who I can't afford. Ryan James. You reckon? I reckon he's actually going to go for the fourth week in a row, scoring a try. Oh, uh, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Odds are probably in my favour, but <laughs> yeah, uh, the Broncos are obviously understrength, but not that much. Yeah, but, uh, but of course he could. The guy, the guy's on fire at the moment, but yeah, he'd want, he'd want to bring his A game. I, I, I'll probably put my money on the Broncos this week and. Milford actually doing something. This is the one game of the year that I actually wanted to own the prick, but I'm not sure I can invest a point in him. Yeah, I'm. I can't. I can't wait to see him. I'm happy that I got him in my side again. Um, only other guy that um, has come up a couple of times is Keegan Hipgrave, starting at 13, playing in the middle. He's another cheap forward option, um, 240k. Um, he's been struggling to make much of an impact, like 30s and 40s, basically. If you're not really worried about the AE stuff and you need to get a cheap forward in, um, he could be one. He's going to play in the middle this week, which he hasn't been doing. He's been on edge. So that might make a difference for him and be able to get a bigger score up for around 17 and then disappearing good. Well, who got named on the right edge for the Broncos? Was that Sewer? Yeah, so Sewer got named uh, and Glenn on the other side, which he came in from there the Jersey was, yeah. 17. There was a... Um 
there was a, a article earlier this afternoon, or uh, article or Facebook comment or something rather, some, something about um, a complication with um, Gillette having an injury at training, which is pushing him back out another three weeks or something like that with with his start date. So, given that um, TPJ and uh, Alex Glenn are left edge players, he'd look. Surely, um, Sue has probably got an extra couple of weeks in him. So, if you wanted to go go to the pod play, I'd probably go Sue. Yeah, Sue has been playing quite well, um, and he's he's earned that spot. That's for sure. Um, you know, he could be it could be worse for four hundred fifty k. Um, he um, he did cop a little bit of an injury last week, though. I think so. Um, that was a concussion. Oh, yeah, he, he copped a concussion, but he, he should be all good to play for this week, so it should be fine. Before that, he's been averaging um, you know, pretty solidly around that 50 to 60-something mark, um, and when he scores a try, a little bit more. So, yeah, it, it's definitely a good shout-out, Billy. He's a decent pod one for the Bronx. For the Titans, uh, Brent Lee's the other sort of pod option has been thrown around by a few guys. A few smart coaches have been um, pretty happy with Brent Lee. He's... Had some good scores, um, 40, 94, um, and 30 are his last three since the buy. Uh, I think that the big attraction is his base, um, of being able to get, you know, 30 on base um, without getting any attacking stats is, is pretty appealing, but he was always too expensive for me, 470 odd K. Yeah, there's always someone around that teasing mark, isn't there? I'm, I'm same boat, mate, same boat. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. So... Final point for the final game of the match, uh, final game of the round, I should say. Um, I'm reckon that this one's going to be a pearl with a lot of points. I'm going to go for the Broncos for 34 points to 20 winners. Yeah, well, I've got no idea. I'll <laughs> just go for the Broncos win, mate. All right, mate. Well, thanks for jumping on again. Good to have you back. Good luck with round 17. I hope all your pods work out for you. I'll need half a dozen of them, mate, because I'm not sure how far 10 players will go. <laughs> I reckon you'll make but, uh, Yeah, no, thanks for having me back, mate. It's always nice to get on. All right, cheers, Billy. We'll see you in a few weeks, mate. Cheers, buddy. Uh, all right, guys. So like I said at the start of the podcast, um, we will have a three-week break now. Sorry for messing it up for everyone who likes to listen to it each week. But, um, yeah, we will be back with a vengeance in three weeks' time. Otherwise, you can uh, download us on iTunes, listen to us on SoundCloud, or follow us on Twitter at NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. And good luck in round 17, everyone. Uh, hopefully, everyone's set up for it well and has a bumper of a week. Make sure you remember that you're setting up for the rest of the season as well with your trades. Clear ahead. And we'll chat about the season's run for the run home uh, in about three weeks' time at the end of July. Thanks, guys.